Welcome to this week's Green Side Up. This is Richard Henschel, horticulture educator for the University of Illinois Extension. And back in the studio this, with me this week is Laura Barr, a nutrition wellness educator. Hi, Laura. Hi, Richard. Laura and I spoke at some length last week about the benefits of having the family garden in terms of fresh veggies, involving the kids, um, knowing what was sprayed or not sprayed on your vegetables for your, for your I guess, mental health these days when it comes, comes out. Um, the good things that you can teach your kids about the environment and things and, and insects and what's in the dirt and all those kinds of good things. Um, as we do have this abundance of food showing up here at this point, I wanted to talk about a little bit about summer food sa safety with you, Laura. Uh, we hear phrases, we hear expressions um, about uh, eating or preparing food safely. Um, so I'm going to start out with a pretty basic one, but um, what's a pathogen? Well, a pathogen is a microorganism that causes disease, and we clean and cook our food to destroy them. So basically, there's a whole list of them. Um, really, they're everywhere in our environment. So the whole, you know, just washing hands, washing vegetables and fruit, and then cooking meat is what actually kills the bad bugs that make mm -hmm. us sick. Okay. So some of these could be, you could have either, I'm guessing going to say mild to rather severe reactions? Correct. And there are populations that are at higher risk, like young children mm -hmm. or older adults or people with immune compromise. Um, so we have to be a little bit more careful with those populations. But overall, if we just follow basic food safety principles, we'll be good. Okay. Um, and I know I've kind of heard you talk with other educators um, in an other maybe more uh, professional groups. Um, we're always talking about the danger zone. The danger zone poss can't possibly be our garden. <laughs> so, so where where does it where is where is this danger zone? Is it uh, out there in the world? Is it uh, addressing a, a specific time when you're handling the veggies? The the danger zone is a temperature danger zone, oh, okay. and it's between 40 Fahrenheit and 140 Fahrenheit, and that's where bacteria multiply quickly. So the old saying, "Keep hot foods hot and cold foods cold," keeps that food out of the danger zone. And then there are foods that we have to be extra careful with um, because they're potentially hazardous foods. They're like milk and meat, typically low acid, moist, and have protein. So those are the ones we always think about keeping cold and keeping in the refrigerator. And then if we're cooking meat, we bring it up to a hot temperature again to kill the bacteria that's in the meat. And there's bacteria in all meat. Sure, sure, yes, and bacteria or pathogens on lots of fruits and vegetables on on the skin. And that's why we that's why you've talked about what you've what you've covered. Um, so it's probably a very good thing to make sure you have, a, say, an accurate thermometer sitting in the refrigerator. Oh, that's very helpful. I know for me one time I was um, having a bunch of people over, had three friends cooking with me, and we were making potato salad and chicken salad and cutting up fruit. And I, I noticed my thermometer, the, the refrigerator is getting warmer. I'm like, okay, we've been opening it, so I'll watch it. 
And I kept it closed for about an hour, still um, getting warmer. So I was able to get that potentially hazardous food in a cooler, ice it down, and I didn't lose the money, and I didn't lose the time of all the food preparation. Sure. Yeah, I know that's uh, the, the, a lot of the frost-free refrigerators, the way they cycle. You can lose many degrees of cooling in just minutes as you said, by either opening the door too frequently or leaving it open when it's on this frost-free cycle. So it's, that definitely is something to, uh, something to think about. And I, I suppose the corollary, corollary of this would be uh, an oven thermometer or a spiked meat thermometer? Yes. Yeah, the probe thermometer is what we use to take temperatures of meat. So just as you're grilling it, you know, just be taking the temperature. And, you know, both undercooked and overcooked meat have safety issues. So we know the undercooked could still have live bacteria that can potentially make folks sick, especially children and older adults. But then there's this new um, science about the char. So charring meat that blackened um, has shown to cause cancer in lab animals. So we like to not to see a lot of char on protein foods. So carbohydrates, vegetables, like if you know you have vegetables and protein on a, a skewer, you want to make sure that the meat doesn't get too much char on it because it's considered a risk. Okay, and that's just, and those are just so we don't set off everybody's alarm. That's a choice still, right? Whether you want your meat well done or charred or pink in the middle. I mean, it's still a choice. We just need to be really be aware of yeah. the potential problems. For sure. It is a choice. Um, but again, char on protein has caused cancer in lab animals. So there is kind of a red flag out there that if you do consume that, if you like the taste, maybe not so frequently. Okay. Okay. Okay, like anything else in moderation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the other kind of parts of this that we alluded to on food safety was um, it's really about probably about a, a time and temperature kind of a situation. Definitely. Time temperature equations throughout the food service system, especially when you get into food, um, serving food to the public because there's greater risk associated. Um, but yeah, for, for the consumer at home, potentially hazardous foods, again, meat, anything with protein, meats, dairy products, if it's sitting out longer than two hours, we're like, throw it, just mm-hmm. toss it. It's mm-hmm. just not worth it because we have to remember that cool temperatures are helpful to slow down bacterial growth, but there is still bacterial growth in the refrigerator. So if we leave it out in the danger zone too long, and the bacteria has multiplied substantially, and we put it in the refrigerator, it's still gonna multiply. So that potential risk is increasing. So that's, again, we have that two hour window of if it sits out too long, especially in summertime temperatures, mm-hmm. 90 degrees, bacteria is going multiplying quickly. So the, 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 the safety part about setting dishes in, in and a tray of ice and things is helpful. Very helpful. And it delays some of that. It doesn't stop it. It does not stop it. Okay. So small servings put out on the table often. 
is better than one big bowl sitting there. Surely. And then just putting it back in the refrigerator in the cooler right when you're done eating it rather than leaving it out for okay. long. Yeah, and, well, you know, the old saying, when in doubt, throw it out, mm -hmm. live by that. Because once you have a foodborne illness, it, it's um, you'll never, you'll follow all food safety principles after that. <laughs> Cause and effect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Laura, this has been another great show. Thank you so much. Um, uh, next week, when you come back in the studio with me, I want to talk uh, about uh, what to do with that excess food that you can't consume on a fresh consumption basis at the dinner table or, in the, or at noon at the lunch and dinner table. So we'll talk about some things about food, uh, food preservation next week. Thanks again. This has been Richard Henschel with Laura Barr and in the studios at WDCB with this week's Green Side Up.